Welcome to the Spurs 9501 podcast. From Kane to the lane, the final say on all things Tottenham. Here are your hosts, Steve, Ray, Cam and Jam. Everybody, welcome back. It's great to see everybody after an amazing 2-0 win against Man City. Great to see everybody. Steve, Kamal, Jamal, you're all here. Uh, How are you guys doing? Very well, thank you. Very happy. Yeah, very happy. <laughs> so, as usual, we'll, we'll, I'll go through the lineups. Kamal will give us a bit of history. And as a special treat today, Jamal is going to try and explain the low block formation. And Steve is going to be the sage that he is, the Tottenham expert, and give us some insight. So, let me start with the... The lineup, which was Larice in goal, uh, left back Reguillon, centre back Adaya Oldabara, right back Serge Aurier, I think because Matt Dogherty's got COVID. Uh, in the midfield, we had Hoybieg and Sissoko and, and Dombele. And up front, we had Kane, Sun, and Stevie Bergwijn. So good formation there. Kamal, over to you. Uh, a bit of history between us and Manchester City. Yeah, I mean, been playing Manchester City since uh, 1909 and incredibly going into this game we'd played Manchester City 162 times we'd won 63 times and we'd lost 63 times so it was an accurate 100% 50% record which we've now surpassed because I think we're now on 64 against 63 that's pretty incredible incredible. the interesting thing that I found was that in the Premier League since the Premier League's been around we've actually got a much better record which is we've played 46 times won 24 times and lost only 15 times which judging by uh, Manchester City's recent form and, and and their success that's not bad the other thing to say is uh, Mourinho's had three games against City. First one was 2-2. Second, the last two we've won, 2-0. They've both been at home. So he hasn't actually lost against City in the Spurs as a Spurs manager. I thought you might find that interesting. Um, and finally, just a little another little nugget for you all, is um, in the Premier League, uh, the highest Tottenham scorer against Manchester City is actually Jermaine Defoe with seven, followed by... Uh, Robbie Keane with five. And then, in third place, is Christian Eriksen with four. Kane and Son have only had scored two goals against City. Obviously, Son would have changed that by making it three with his goal today. Is that just the Premier League or in all competitions? That was in the Premier League. Oh, OK. okay. The, the goals. Yeah. Got another Sorry. interesting history tidbit on, to add to that one there. Uh, well, not really history, but uh, I found an interesting scene... And Dombele has uh, three Premier League assists that all come against City. Really? Yes. yes, I saw that. And another one I want to add, because I want to add Gator, City haven't scored at the at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in any oh, match, yeah. in any competition so far. We're long way to continue. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so, Steve, let's go over to you. Let's, keep, let's get your thoughts on uh, the, the great game we've just seen 2-0 to win to Tottenham. Let's talk about the first half and how it panned out. Off you go, Steve. Well, um... I must admit, it wasn't a comfortable watch. I think it was um, uh, the result was fantastic. The game was tricky to watch because of so much um, possession by um, Man City. I just thought, how the hell are we going to get a result out of this at first? Obviously, we got a quick early goal, which was was fantastic. 
Um, but after that, I think we probably had about 30% possession in the first half, even less than that. Um, they had a goal, I think, was it disallowed in the first half as well? Um, I think five or six years ago that would have been given. Mm-hmm. But with VAR and the handball rules, it wasn't. Luckily, I also felt that we stopped playing at that point. We thought he'd handballed it and we stopped playing, particularly Sissoko, who should have closed down the shot. Um, it did make me think, you know, we've got to play to the whistle. You know, it's, you're told that at, at five years old, play to the whistle. And we didn't in that particular instance. And we were lucky because of VAR and because of the rules. Um, they're there and we benefited from it. But I think we were fortunate to go in 1-0 up. Um, I know we're going to get back on to the, um, the, the second half. Uh, um, the ball from Ndombele was um, sublime, beautiful, lovely turn in midfield, and then a gorgeous pass to Son. Um, maybe a little bit fortunate because the Man City goalkeeper came rushing out, and I think he, he may well have put it through his legs, actually. Yeah. Um, I think the second one went through his legs as well. But I, I was—I couldn't believe we got in at one nil up at half time. To be honest. Yeah. Okay. Good. Excellent, Jamal. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, I feel like uh, that was absolutely what Steve said. It was—it was a nervy match. Um, I think more so for the fans than the players themselves. They seemed composed throughout, and I feel like the only only lapse in concentration did come after that. That you know they thought it's a handball, and I feel like most players around the pitch saw that it was a handball prior to the call being made whereas like you know you saw Man City didn't really celebrate they knew it was going to be called back um but like like Steve said you can't you can't you can't just rely on VAR making those calls because we've seen many of them go against us throughout the course of the last two seasons um but it was the right call in my opinion I don't think I don't think anyone other than De Bruyne can argue that that was not a handball. Kamal, talk us through the first half and you know obviously we knew simply we're going to have all the possession to go way through we were going to sit back and hit him on the break. How did that pan yeah. out in the first half? Well, I mean, I slightly have to disagree with these two guys for, on that because I, I thought we were so composed in the first half. I mean, it looked like we were being overrun. And having watched us play some of the games that we played before where we do hand over possession and it looks like we're just being bombarded constantly. Uh, I mean, they really did have no way through. Um, the, 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 as Jabant's going to explain, the low block, pushing the way that Hoybier and um, Sissoko slotted in between the centre-backs, just basically, I mean, really closed down the way that Manchester City played. They had found no way through. I think on the, on the, on the handball issue, I must add that in, before this stupid ruling by VAR came in, where you have to carry on and see how the play goes, right? Um, that would have been in a normal game called immediately. It wouldn't have been an issue. Handball, whistle goes, stop there. We don't wait to see if it develops and how mm. it develops. And it is ridiculous that that happens because later on in the game, I don't know if any of you realise, but there was another incident where the player was offside, which could have been called offside, wasn't called offside. Play carried on. They got a corner out of it or a free kick, which could that have was... led to a goal. And then how would we have felt about that? Because... Why they are not calling decisions when they are when they when they should be called is a, I think just a, a, something to the game that none of us can really get used to no, because like you don't know where you stand. I mean, you know, it's a handball. Stop the game. Start again. What we're we waiting to see is going to happen, and then say that they've carried on for another three minutes in open play and then scored. Does it go back to the handball? Or does it not go? Where? Who knows? I think the whole point of VIL is nobody actually knows what's going on. Even Kevin De Bruyne on uh, on the interview afterwards, yeah, even understand 
the handball rule. But let me talk a bit about the match. It's exactly the way I thought it would. I mean, I think we got the bonus of, a, of an early goal. Great ball, as Steve said, by Ondomba, the amazing ball. Great put away. Again, I think Edison made it easy by coming out. But I don't think I've ever seen a Spurs team defend so well in a match. They were amazing. I mean, OK, Man City had 80%, 70 whatever you call it. How many actual shots on target did Lloris have to deal with? Did he have to make a single save? That big one at the end. In yeah, the first yeah. half, that was about it. He made a single well, save. I think stati- the statistics said they had 11 shots, but not all of those were on target. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some of them were you know, way off target. A lot of blocks in there too. Yeah. What, yeah. Can, what this, can I add one thing about the goal? One second, Kamal. What this shows us is that the, the players are now buying into Mourinho's way of playing. They understand the way he wants them to play and they're executing it, which is great. So I think that's really good. Sorry, Kamal, go ahead. But my point is that about the goal, again, I think that you're all saying it was a lucky goal. Actually, I think you're missing the whole movement there. The movement, that movement was uh, by Kane. The way that he moved, once Sendombele got the ball and he moved towards the ball and dragged the two centre halves with him and opened up that space for Son to run into. It was an absolute stroke of genius. Yeah, if you watch it again, plus. you'll see Sendombele's got the ball. Yeah. Kane starts to run towards him. They both get attracted towards Kane. It opens up all this space for Son to run into. Beautiful ball through. I, you know, It was pretty classy, I thought. Jam? Yes, it really both was. Their, I'm sorry, just that both their centre backs went to Kane. Yeah. That's yes. bad defending. One of it's them bad. should one should have gone. The other one should have stayed where they were. But it is bad defending, but it happens. Mistakes. It does happen so quickly with that. It's it's it, straight into the game. It's it's it shows Kane's intelligence. It goes. There's tactics behind that. You know, there's a, there's a reason Kane has dropped so far back, and it is to open up that space on the two running players. I think a big thing um, that we're not talking about, so haven't talked about so far, is is Bergwijn starting as opposed to I feel like everyone was saying Lucas is going to start or Bale is going to start. It's even one of the two. I think Bergwijn was exceptional today. You know, we've, had, we've given him a lot of stick. Talk about him, Jamal. What do you think? Yeah, we've we've given him a lot of stick this season, and and rightly so. You know, he's had a he's had a slower start to the season than everyone else has, but. Um, Today he was he was confident he was composed he made all the right runs he made all the good passes uh, I don't think apart from him I think I don't think there was a single player on the pitch who on our team at least deserved a, a rating less less than an eight we were all composed um, went in there to win the game and did their job Okay Steve why don't you talk a bit about that midfield duet of Hoybier and Sissoko I thought they really snuffed the game out they played really well they acted well as a team talk a bit about what they did Well I mean I think. Hoybier is actually an exceptional player. He is an exceptional player, both defensively, uh, passing, and he he plays with his head as well. He's intelligent. He very rarely loses the ball. Sissoko isn't quite like that, but you have to admire Sissoko's athleticism and his commitment. But when he's in the penalty area, I do worry. Our, our penalty area, I mean. I do worry about that. And he also got a stupid booking which was for kicking the ball away. Mm. And that was in the first half, I think. And you've then got um, your a key defensive midfield player on a yellow card against a team that's got 70% possession, 70% of possession and they're attacking you. I, I do worry about that. And I was really pleased that he managed to get through the rest of the game without basically getting another bookable offence. So they were all fantastic. The, people forget that football is not 50% of football's defence. At least it should be 50% of defence. And, you know, you should admire the defence as well. I actually think that Toby and um, Dyer did very well today as well as our centre-backs. And the fact that we have a clean sheet is testament to that. I thought it was um, a clean sheet, I think. 
Sorry, Rice. Right, so. First home clean sheet, I think that is. Yeah. Uh, astonishing, really. But um, yeah. well, I mean, we've had three clean sheets now uh, since the, the West Ham debacle, uh, West Brom, Burnley, and uh, now City. That's pretty damn special, I think. I mean, without a doubt, Hobier was the player, man of the match. The way that he handled uh, um, De Bruyne was except. I mean, a, was a masterclass in itself. Uh, I mean, the guy, you could see the frustration building up and building up, but he had him just, he just took him out of the game, completely took him out of the game. And once he did that, I thought that the game plan fell to pieces. They didn't know what to do or how to handle it. And the fact that the, the, I mean, what I loved, the fact, Dyer, I cannot say made one, put one foot wrong. I don't think Tony put one foot wrong. I saw one mistake from Reguilon and one mistake from uh, uh, Aurier. But Aurier was fantastic. Talk about Aurier. He had a good match. I think Aurier Mm. is one of his best matches for Tony. Probably one of his best. Well, all four of them. I mean, they really look like, to be honest with you, would you have preferred Doherty today as opposed to Aurier? I think Aurier nailed that position. I'm not sure because he still made a couple of silly mistakes. But yeah, I think you're right. At the beginning of the game, I would have preferred Doherty in that position. And at the end of the game, I was you win you win two 0 against Man City, having had thirty percent possession. You're going to be happy with everything, aren't you? Really, yeah. but Jamal, what do you think? But on on top of that, Jamal, one second. What do you think about the the way that we're playing? Spurs? I know we're winning and it's low block. It's not very attractive to see. Do you think that's something the Tottenham fans? Are going to be okay with Jamal? What do you think? I think as long as we're getting in three points, I think Tottenham fans are going to be very happy. I think it's been a long time that we have gone out there and played really good football and, and come out of the match with, uh, you know, not not the result that we wanted, especially against the big teams like City. But, you know, we'll, we'll score plenty of goals in, in other matches. And, I mean, even even though we it wasn't pretty attractive football, we still beat them 2-0. Two, two we could have easily won 1-0, but it wasn't. It was it was more points, um, more adds to our goal difference clean sheet, everything you could want from a match. So uh, there's no way we couldn't be happy about that. And if it continues, I'm, I'm happy to see it throughout the season. Kamal, talk about the second half then and how that went and how we managed to get the second goal and what's your views on that? I think in the second half, I mean, they really did come out of the traps, didn't they? Their, their idea was uh, uh, whatever they were doing by playing that wing play and trying to get the balls in from the side was not working at all. So it looked to me that they were the first 10 minutes of the second half. They really went for it in terms of trying to go push bulldozers through the middle. Um, again, I think Hobier was um, basically stood in their way. And it was a lot of huff and nothing came of it. But the first 10, 15 minutes... I thought that, that it looked like City would probably get back into the game. And then when that didn't work, they suddenly, the wind went out of their sails. Mm-hmm. Um, when we bought on Lo Celso, first touch, first Premier League goal. I mean, that's pretty damn special for him <coughs> and for us. Um, and I, I, I just didn't see them getting back into it at all after that. Um, and it was uh, we started getting more possession. And if anyone was going to score another goal, it was going to be Tottenham. I would that my view. Towards the end, they had a great chance from a from a set play, and Lloris pulled off that very close headed yeah. save, which was absolutely incredible. I mean, the fact that he pushed it away and it didn't get a rebound in, right? But that I think is about as close as they came. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we talk about Sonny and scoring goals, which obviously he's got his ninth goal of the season, but. He put on a hell of a shift in defensively, like tracking players, tracking yeah. He's actually getting that now. Kane is amazing. I mean, Kane is playing like a like a, a playmaker now. I, mean, I don't know if he plays. Yeah. Like, he plays wherever he wants. Yeah, plays wherever. Yeah. What do you think, Steve? I mean, do you think the dynamics of the team are changing? Are we becoming a really flexible team now? 
Um, I think I think the balance was pretty well right today. Um, well, clearly it was because of um, the result. Um, no, no, thank you. Sorry. And sorry. Okay. Um, I love that drink. Well, that's the one video without you being offered a cup of tea. <laughs> oh, no, my, my, my food's arrived. Oh, excellent. <laughs> um, sorry, I, I've lost my train of thought a bit, but I think it's probably worth remembering. We could have had a third goal. Well, the force of the cell search goal from Sonny. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Um, his, his first touch was actually too heavy. Yeah. I think basically he saw the keeper coming in and thought, I'm going to get clattered here and didn't quite concentrate on just cushioning that, that ball to allow him to, in effect, slot it into an empty net, which it would, what it would, have, it would have been an empty net by that, uh, that point. Um, but, I mean, you can't, you can't really complain about anything, really, I think, in this game. Uh, the, the only um, thing I was a bit concerned about was to see uh, Alderweireld go off injured. Yeah, we're worried so about following. Yeah, could yeah. be three or four weeks yeah. out, you know, soft tissue injury. Really? Is that what they're saying? No, I'm not sure. We'll see tomorrow. We'll see tomorrow. But well, and then they, they obviously brought Roden on, who I've not seen play. I haven't seen play when he played for Swansea. Um, but it looks like... A, and Sanchez is not nowhere to be seen now, is he? I think he's finished with Sanchez now. Yeah. That West yeah. Ham Sanchez now is to be, yeah, persona non grata now. Hopefully, Tanganga will be back too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to add to that, I think that, um, you know, one of the, our biggest fears has been over a period of time was how will Dyer ever get his old form back? And I know that he's Mourinho's type of player and Mourinho liked him. I watched Dyer play for England all the way through last week and he looked pretty solid too. Uh, he did make some mistakes, but today, I mean, if he plays like that, he's on his first name on the, on the sheet, isn't he, with Hoybier and, and Toby. I mean, uh, it's very difficult to pick a man of the match between the three of them because they all had uh, flawless games. Mm-hmm. I, I do worry about our silver bags. If, the, if they've got pace up front, you know, I do worry about them. But I think if you've got, if, uh, you know, um, Hoybier and Sissoko protecting that back four, then it does help. Mm. Yeah, they don't get they don't get into a position where they can expose their lack of place. I think they drop a bit deeper and let the yeah. let the centre midfield guys pick up that space. I think well, I think that's a, a good time to talk about that low that low press that yeah. we've been uh, oh, we've been talking about. about a, low, a lot of people have asked, "What is the low press or the low block?" So, what do you just give us an overview of that? So, essentially, like uh, that's that really comes back <laughs> to our our team that we have, we haven't got those fast defenders, but it, it works to our advantage. You notice that Sterling never came on. I mean, I know he's had some injury problems, but it, you you would feel in that type of match, he, he's going to come on and make a difference and, and bring some attacking players, but, um, or some pace, but because we were so compact, so, com- so, um, the, the low, the low block being the two lines of four, um, condensed into the middle, letting them play on the wings, having that space. We just worry about the center. Nothing's going to come through us. And and you saw when they had that, like after the second half, they tried to play on the wings. They tried to attack from that way. It wasn't working. Around the 60th minute, that changed to them trying to just kind of play play football through the middle, giving the ball to De Bruyne so he could, you know, pass around the ball. Also didn't work because of the the, the, the tactics, you know. Um, it, it's the Mourinho special, and it was good to see. Um, that especially that our players are learning how to play the way that he wants them to, he wants them to play. Can I have some more thoughts on your side before we wrap up? Um, yeah, I mean, basically, I think it was a uh, a Mourinho special. I think that uh, um, he outthought uh, uh, Guardiola. Guardiola did run out of ideas uh, today, and and it and it worked. It worked very well. Um, I think that 
Could would you have put Bale in? It's a question mark over there. Mm. I mean, was this the kind of game you'd want Bale in? I mean, we we still did not use Bale. That's, that'd be he interesting. Yeah, he was due to, but with Rodon, he couldn't. I think Mora coming on when he did was an excellent move because he he he, he took a lot of pressure off. Suddenly, when Mora came on and Lasalso came on, our um, possession stats changed much more in our favour, and we were holding the ball a lot more, which I think basically also knocks City back because they just thought last ten minutes will just overrun these guys because they'll just they'll they'll start panicking and those two stopped the panic in the middle which I thought was very important. I mean to beat City with Bale still on the bench, you know, is, I think it's a great I mean if we can play like that every week we're gonna have a chance. But uh, let's just talk a couple of things I want to talk about before we finish. Again it's my favourite subject. I'm gonna to go to Steve again about this. What is happening with Deli Ali? He's not even in the squad again. What is happening um, it's, it's anyone's guess, isn't it? Clearly something has happened. He's not part of the plans. Um, I assume he's going in January, which is a shame. Um, I think that's probably all, all that can be said about it. I, I think he should stay. I think he that wasn't the game for him, for goodness sake. It, it would have been a disaster, I think, him in midfield there, because this was about work rate, discipline, shape. It wasn't about little flicks and... You know, ghost, ghosting in at the far post. It's horses for courses. There may be some games where he's going to be fine. But Steve, um, and I'll come to Jamal and Kamal in a minute. Yeah. The thing is, if this is the way that Mourinho is going to play, no game is ever going to be Deli Ali's game, is it? But that's no. Prepared to do it. What do you think? No, of- I know. You, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. See, the, the writing's on the wall for him, isn't it? Kamal. I have to. I have to agree. I mean, at the end of the day, we go by results, right? And um, we've won four games in a row without Deli Ali. Uh, we put him in, start losing four games in a row. We're maybe having a totally different conversation. So, um, just think about what's coming up next, right? We have Chelsea away, Arsenal at home, Palace away. I'm sorry, Liverpool away. Uh, and we've got oh, Palace, uh, and uh, and then we have, um, I think, Leicester and Wolves as well. I mean, we've had. We had to win the last uh, three games that we before this one, and we've had to win this one because if we hadn't, probably be close to the bottom of the table. Now the real test begins over the next uh, month to Christmas, and if we're at the top of the table at Christmas, I will say we're in with a big shout. No, I agree. What do you think, Jamal? Um, I absolutely agree. I think these next coming matches are going to be very telling. Uh, going back to Deli Ali, I think it's a shame for him. You know, I, I want to get sentimental, but you can't in football. Uh, he's just he's just not there right now. And um, honestly, today, if we had an option for another player on the bench, I, you have a pick between Lamella and Deli Ali. Uh, Lamella all day, every day today on in a match like this. And honestly, most matches this season, you know, who, who you're going to want to bring on between the two of those players. I think if you look at Jose Mourinho's MO, there's always one player. When he goes to a club, there's always one player who just doesn't fit in doesn't like him, doesn't want him there. And I think Deli Ali, unfortunately, this is the one at Tottenham. I can see him leaving in January initially on a loan and then permanently. I don't think he's got anything for Tottenham. One thing I would say about... I'm sorry, about the Deli situation is that I wouldn't want him see him, see him at any Premier League rival. You know, if he's going to another Premier League club, it's got to be, you know, somewhere... That's not a direct competition for us. Personally, if we get good money from him, I don't care where he goes. Fair enough. I mean, he could be the one matter for uh, Mourinho. Sold him to yeah. Man United, and then had to go and play play him at Man United. So <laughs> wherever he goes, Mourinho will probably follow him in a few years. So let's finish up. <laughs> let's just quickly, very. We've got two minutes left. Let's talk about the match next week. 
which is that bogey ground Stamford Bridge, only one they won for God knows how long. Steve, what's your prediction for next week, Chelsea? Oh, I'd be very, I'd be very happy if we got a draw there. Yeah, uh, Chelsea are flying. Uh, I, I think they're probably their form's probably the best in the Premier League at the moment. Uh, I think it'd be not dissimilar to today's um, tactics. Uh, if we get a 2-0 victory, I'll be very, very happy. But I'd, I'd take a draw if we had to choose a result now. Jamal? Uh, so of these seven tricky fixtures, possible 21 points, including City today, I think if we come out with 17, which I think is doable, a draw to Chelsea, a draw to Liverpool, I think all the other matches are winnable. Okay. That's what I feel. Right, you come on. Well, my view is I would like to give you just a, a final stat from me, which is ever since we've been doing these blogs, we've never lost a game. Uh, <laughs> Premier League game. Uh, we just got to keep on doing these and we might just win, a, win everything going. Uh, I think that play like we did today, which is flawless. I mean, the, number, the, the reason why we won today, and I'll be very simple about it, is uh, the absolute omission of errors. We were always error-prone. We'd always give away goals, you know, whether it was Sanchez, whether it was uh, Aurier, whatever. Today, you saw no errors at the back. And one error at the back, and we would have been punished, right? No errors at the back, and I think Chelsea are there for the taking. I don't think they were that good today. I, I agree with you. I was going to say to Steve and Jamal, do you actually think Chelsea are better than Man City? On paper. Uh, look at the table. Well, yeah, on form they are. Yeah, look at the table. It tells you everything yeah. you need to know. Anyway, I think I agree with Kamal. I think we can go and do Chelsea. I think I, I can, think I think we can give them a good humble. I think we'll soak up the pressure, hit them on the break, and I don't think their defense is, is that great, really. I mean, Zuma has got mistaking him all the time. So here's hoping for a one 0 win at Chelsea, anyway. Absolutely. Jamal, did you press anything to our subscribers? Absolutely. Yes, please, please uh, comment, like subscribe um we love your feedback and and we're growing and, and we hope you grow with us perfect okay guys thanks very much everybody good job we'll yes, oh yes. before we go i want to get a prediction for next week so jamal and then we'll go with steve and then tomorrow and me jamal i mean i, I would be very happy with another two nil and steve i'm going for one all come on I'm hoping that Silva doesn't play at the back because I think he is probably one of their best players that they, they signed. If he doesn't play, then I'm going for a 1-0 victory. Yeah, I'm going for a 1-0 victory for Tottenham as well. I think we can do them. I think we're on form. And I think he's going to rest a lot of people for Europa League, so we'll all be fresh. Yeah, right? yeah, true. Guys, take care. Look forward to seeing you next week after the Chelsea match. Yep. Come on, you first. Thank you. Come on, you first. Yeah, up the Lily Whites. Yeah, absolutely. You've been listening to the Spurs 9501 podcast. Stay in touch, continue the debate, and let us know what you want to discuss by finding us on YouTube. Tune in after the next match day for more insight. Thanks for listening.